genre. It's Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I am Nicholas Marcos Jimenez. I'm Lawrence Scott Corelli. And it's a bonus feature. Today, we make an unexpected return to the wild and wacky world of the Rodriguez family Spy Kids franchise. It's 2023's Spy Kids Armageddon. Mm-hmm. We uh, this one came out of nowhere for for both of us. Yeah, like the the trailer dropped like less than a month ago, I think, like three weeks ago. Yeah, and we were like, oh, like I guess August. we guess we have to do this now. <laughs> and you know, my my head, my, you know, when I when my 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 mindset, mm-hmm. I should say, my state of mind upon watching the trailer is like, oh, I didn't think he was gonna make more of these. Oh, like. Per the franchiseography rules, the ancient franchiseography law that you and I both adhere by on this show, <laughs> um, you know, every time a new addition to the franchise is made, yeah. it is you and I's duty yes. to watch it and talk about it. Yes. It is the oath. It's part of the pact that we made. Right. And I, so when I, when I threw out Robert Rodriguez, you know, years ago to cover on the show, the Spy Kids movies, I didn't. I wasn't planning on like, oh shit, that means any, every time he wants to make a new one, we're, go, we're going to have to watch it and talk about it. I didn't think of that as a scenario that would happen. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I don't know. I, I feel like if you go back and listen to our between episode, I believe we knew that he had announced this. Okay, then I'd forgotten. Yeah. Um, he definitely announced this because we definitely talked about like, how we felt that was a mistake that he was doing it again instead of like giving it to like an up and coming like young uh Latino director to like reboot, you know, for a new mm-hmm. generation. Mm-hmm. Um and and we sort of talked about like what we would do with the franchise to like you know inject some life into it and stuff like that. Okay. So so we definitely we knew that this was coming, but there was like no news on I, I don't remember when like Gina Rodriguez and Zachary Levi were cast, you know, um, I don't remember when they were shooting this. It was just sort of like to me in my memory, it was like they announced it. And then like three years later, like here it is. Um, OK. Yeah. But uh, I definitely I remember at the time we knew that this was coming and we were uh, after watching the fourth one. Uh, extremely trepidatious. <laughs> okay. Well, I completely forgot about that because this trailer blindsided me. Uh-huh. Okay. I was not, I was not prepared. <laughs> um, and so, you know, uh, I've just, I've, I've been Oppenheimering all over my apartment this week, just being like, ugh, <laughs> I did this to us. <laughs> 
you know, yeah, I can't believe this is all my fault. <laughs> it's not though. It was the listeners. They voted on it. I know, but it was. That's true too. That's I forgot about that as well. Yeah, you do not but, need to take the blame for this. Uh, they, they this is so, the first. Spy Kids was the first listener pick winner. Um, but I stumped hard for it. You, you know? did. You did. I but I stumped hard for other things. You know, it's, that's true. That's yeah, true. It's, it's a, it, they still voted for this. You know. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but that being said. So um, I actually do have a fair amount, not a fair amount, but I, I have more research than I thought I would have. I have oh, more nice. to bring to the class. Okay. But um, first, if we want to go into general thoughts. Sure. Um, so I think, you know, like, 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 like I said, you were, neither of us were heartened by the trailer for this movie. No. Didn't seem promising. Well, it, it, I, I, I thought. You know, I, I feel like I got exactly what I thought I was going to get out of it. Because I, I, to me, I watched the trailer and I was like, okay. I was like, this doesn't look okay. as bad as the fourth one. Um, mm-hmm. Like, this looks like he stepped up the quality a little bit. and But it doesn't look like it's going to be as good as the, the, the original trilogy, right? And I watched the movie and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what we got. I got, it's, there's nothing in this that offends me on the level of the shit that was in Spy Kids 4, but it's not, and for reasons that we'll get into when we really get into it, it's just not hitting the levels of those original three Spy Kids movies to me. The closest, like, mm. it, it's it's right behind Game Over, you know, but it's, okay, yeah, uh, you know, but it's, and then there's a large step for me before fourth. The fourth one, um, for sure. And there's there's a lot of things that this movie does better, uh, and 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 does well. And then there's a lot of things that I'm like, that could have been better. I don't really like that. This yeah. sucks a little bit. But like you know, <laughs> but there's nothing in it that I was like, I was like, oh Jesus Christ, I can't believe we have to watch this. That never that that thought never crossed my mind while I was watching this. It was just sort of like, yeah, okay, it's it's great. It is what it is. Um, so that, that, you those know, were my general thoughts. What about you? I, I, I'm so, you know, I, I don't, I haven't gone back and listened to the Spy Kids episodes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going off of like my general memories and like vibes, you know? Yeah. Um, like there's a reason we use Spy Kids for all the time in the world as the franchiseography metric. Yes. <laughs> you know, but I couldn't tell you right now extemporaneously why in detail, you know mm. what I mean? I would have to like go back and listen to that episode to hear 2021 Nick talk about like why I didn't like Spy Kids 4 because I don't really remember it very much. Oh, I mean, it's the Jeremy Piven of it all. It's right. It's the it's the dog, the robot dog Argyle. that pees everyone on everyone. Um, no, Argonaut. That was his name. Argonaut. Yeah, the, it's that. Um, it's the uh, Carmen and Junie cam. No, no, I think it was just Carmen, right? No, right. no, Junie was no, the no. bad guy. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, and then he switches or something. Yeah, um, but none of that was good. Like none of that felt satisfying. Um, the parents were terrible. Uh, just oh well. I remember complimenting. I remember saying that Jessica Alba was the best part of the movie. Yes, I remember that. Kind yeah, of, she was giving it. She was yeah, really in it. But everyone else in the movie was not giving shit. The kids were annoying as hell. Um, <laughs> they were just like inherently unlikable. Uh, garbage children. Oh, yes. Okay. Cool. Well, great. So you know, my general thoughts. Mm-hmm. It uh, my is that I like you was like pleasantly surprised by this movie. I actually would go so far as to say, I think this is the second best Spy Kids movie. Whoa. 
I don't agree with that at all, but I'm curious to hear this. (laughs) So, and again, going back to like the, the, the past episodes of the show. Yeah. Help me out, Scott. Yeah. I, I remember our shared criticism for two and three. Uh huh. Being that while they were really fun and stylish and weird. Yeah. They weren't really about anything. And Mm. if anything, I was kind of able to find through lines in both sequels, but and kind of like, oh, it's kind of about this and it's kind of about this. And I remember you were like that. You're being very charitable. But yeah, sure. Uh, Yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right. Um, And so I I guess what? Please. No, no. Go ahead. ahead. I, I, I guess what impressed me about Armageddon this morning is how that there was kind of a thematic through line. This there was a story going on about yeah. a family's relationship with the truth. Yeah. And where the truth belongs and like what the right thing to do is and well is it okay to sneak and lie and cheat sometimes in the real world. And so I'm sitting here being like I know this is probably not <laughs> the level up that it feels like, but to me it's like I feel like there's more of an effort in this movie to have a, a plot and a theme than even two or three, which are mostly just weird, fun messes. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, I, you know, in order to like, <laughs> in order to, <laughs> in order to like, uh, actually have this, uh, compare and contrast conversation, I would need to rewatch the other <laughs> spy kids movies and I'm not going which, to do that. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I had, I had, I had fun doing it for franchiseography. Those are not movies that I'm going to revisit until I have kids. Um, I'm picturing, I'm imagining you coming out into the living room late in a few hours and Bethany being like, so what are, what are we watching tonight? And you're like, I think we're going to have to rewatch Spy Kids too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I agree with what you're saying, but I think to me it is, it is based like based entirely on the execution of that okay. thing um, mm-hmm. of, of what you're talking about. It's like they have a theme, right? But the execution of the theme is so clumsy mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and sort of, I don't want to say half-assed because it's like, it's just lathered real thick on it, but it's very, <laughs> yeah. but it's, but it's very clumsy um, in a way that I don't, I don't think works at all yeah whereas two and three or i'm sorry two and three d um (laughs) uh uh do not they they don't have those aspirations and Mm -hmm. so they're not failing at it because they're not trying to do it um got it and so that's why i think as much as i agree with you they don't have i don't remember them really having strong themes necessarily um, there's like some character stuff, but not like an overarching thematic thing. Like, you know, you have like the, you have like Sylvester Stallone and, and, and Ricardo Montalban's like relationship that's in there. Right. You know, there's like stuff, there's stuff in there, but like not a theme, but it does like execute all those things. Like everything that it's trying to do, it does like at least to the level of like a B, Right. Yeah, um, you kind of like you walk out of Spike Kids three like oh, that was kind of a cool scene between Ricardo Montalban and Sebastian Stallone. Yeah, they, they were right. And and how often can you say that in life? Uh, that's that's true. It's <laughs> unfortunately true. Um, and and the problem I have with this movie is that mm-hmm. the theme is there, but I don't I don't think it's done particularly well. Um, 
you know, like at the end of the day, it's just like nothing's going to touch that first Spy Kids movie, uh, which is an insane thing to say <laughs> from a 38 year old man. But like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, fair enough. I mean, that as, first as Spy Kids is like that first Spy Kids is a real movie and, and none yeah, of the other for, ones for, are. Um, for specific reasons that we are going to get into, yes, that I was able to like crack and be like, okay, well, why isn't this as good as the first one? Or yes. what is what what has that? What did that first one do that none of the sequels have been able to do? Yeah, strap um, in, guys. And- we're actually we're gonna go we're gonna go deep on on Spike Kids Armageddon. <laughs> you know what? Absolutely, I, I think that's kind of maybe the highest compliment we could pay is I woke up this morning thinking this was going to be like a shit show, like. <laughs> What are we even doing here? Episode, yeah. And I took, I have pages of notes. <laughs> That's incredible. I can't wait. <laughs> okay, so um, the the behind the scenes history that I want to get into is, and kind of um, when I when I finished watching the Spy Kids Armageddon trailer for the first time over the summer, mm-hmm. I was like, why? Yeah, why is why is he doing this? It looks so. <laughs> <laughs> It looked like a like a photocopy Xerox of it looked like a, a, a movie someone else would remake of the Spy Kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I was honestly, you you watch the trailer and you're just like a little worried that at the end it'll be like all episodes drop this day, and you're like, oh, it's a TV Boom. show. Oh, okay, that explains Absolutely. it. Yeah, those are the vibes. Yeah, like a sure. remake of the first. The, oh, they're gonna remake the first movie. With the first season, okay. I I honestly cannot believe they they haven't rebooted this as a live action TV series. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, in a world where we're getting season two of the Santa Clauses, it yeah, feels like thousand percent. Like, and you can't tell me this. I mean, this would be like half the price of like a Wednesday, right? Or whatever that Percy Jackson show costs. I mean, you know? yeah, it would be it would be a season of Spy Kids, especially if you did it. The way that, you know, you do television now, which is like it's a six episode series and it's telling one story. It's basically a six episode movie. Right. Um, Yeah. That that show is literally twice the price of a Spy Kids movie. So it's like (laughs) it's like 15, 20 million dollars. Maybe. Maybe. Um, You know, like it's it's nothing. I wonder wonder if the Roger if Robert Rodriguez is literally. Like if he owns the copyright, if Spy Kids is his thing that he owns, and they can't do anything unless he wants to do it. Yeah, I think so. I, I okay. I I that's my guess. Um, because I think wasn't it? Didn't we talk about this? Wasn't the first Spy Kids like essentially an independent film because no one else believed right. in it? So he was like, "No, yeah, I'm going to so. show you." Robert Rodriguez is going to make a movie for kids. And the kids are going <laughs> to love it. And he was fucking right. <laughs> so. And I think that's definitely an ethos that this movie carries over. Yeah. Is you have to kind of, I kept, I kept, um, I kept saying, this is a movie that most of this movie's intended audience is going to watch this on their tablet at mm-hmm. the breakfast table. Yep. That's true. And like, that's almost kids are going to watch this movie. And from the beginning, he has always made these four kids. Yeah. That is true. Um, so anyway, and so I have, I have more mean, thoughts on that actually as absolutely. we as we go along. So we'll circle back on that. But yes, I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, but yeah, even as a fan, I was like, oh my gosh, like this looks. Why? What? What? What did he find interesting about this? And so I was pretty happy to find uh, at least something in the way of answers. Love this. So 
Thank you. Um, it's been 20 years since Spy Kids won. Yeah. And uh, something that you and I, we got into a lot and would joke about on set. And we do, you know, joke about like on the set of the Spy Kids trilogy, uh, Rodriguez was very comfortable having his kids around. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey, this is what I do. This is the family job. Uh, I've always kind of wanted to run my movies like me making movies the way I kind of handle my family or like my home life, which is like the kids are there, the kids are in it. And like, I'm not going to separate the two. Yeah. And it's so interesting as like, I don't know, whenever I feel like every time I read a magazine article or watch an interview with like a famous person that has kids, it's always like, Oh, my son doesn't give a shit that I'm ant man or that I'm like Matt Damon. Like they, they're always like, Oh, that's so lame. They hate that. They, to make movies yeah and like don't care about them at all and will actively troll like matt damon like yeah um for being in movies right and for whatever reason i have a theory mm-hmm. but uh the rodriguez kids were like hyped that their dad made movies uh-huh like he told the story uh in an interview about how like they watched the pre- spy kids at the premiere and they're like hey you know that spy kids movie i made that in the garage Wow. And the kids were like, whoa, that's fucking cool. So from a young age, they kind of shared their father's interest in creativity and making stuff and uh, making art, telling mm-hmm. stories, you know, in different ways. Uh, Rodriguez, I think has five kids. Um, and so now in the 2020s, his kids are now filmmakers. They're adults that are like making their own art. And so this is in 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 multiple ways, a Rodriguez family movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie is co-written and co-produced by Racer Max. He of uh, the journals of uh, the Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl fame. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was like his, I think he even has like a co-writing credit on Shark Boy and Lava Girl. If I'm not mistaken. Oh. Uh, so mm-hmm. a lot of these ideas are from Rodriguez's kids that have been like, Growing up, literally living in the Spy Kids world, and his dad, their dad, Robert Rodriguez, being like, "Well, what would you want to see in a new movie? Like, it's been twenty years. You guys are, you guys can actually help me make this now. What would you do?" So that's where a lot of these ideas come from, and they described it as kind of like an amalgam between the first one and the third one. Okay. Yeah. So, like the video game stuff that kids thought were really cool in the, th- in the third one, along with the like family stuff that worked in the first movie. Okay. Um, so racer max co-writer co-producer uh, Rodriguez's daughter, Rianne Rodriguez was the concept artist that designed all of like the video game stuff, the card game stuff, mm. the, uh, the thought bubble, the emoji bomb. She designed all of the emoji faces. Okay. Um, and also not for nothing, but, uh, I really was digging the, the song that was playing over the end credits. And so I was going to see like, Oh, like, which like, is this like a pop star I haven't heard of? Like, what is this? And, uh, the end credits song written and sung by Rianne Rodriguez. That's funny that, I mean, that's like the, the, um, when, uh, when what's her face, uh, sang the song in, uh, what was that? Spy kids Two. Yeah. Alexa Vega. Yeah. Alexa Vega. Yeah. So. He's like, why am I going to hire another pop star? I got a pop star right here. You sing, sing the song. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rogue Rodriguez served as the, uh, designed all of the gameplay that you see of like the multiple video games that people are playing. Um, 
kind of going into he was like oh i really wanted to make a game that looks so cool that like you would want it to be real um and finally rebel rodriguez is the co-composer along with john debney and i thought he did a great job yeah the score goes ham um and so (laughs) i learned all this before i watched the movie and so you know early on in this movie there's a part where they bring back the song that Alexa Vega sings in Spy Kids 3 in the score or two, the who, what, when, where, why song. Yeah. Like, and I was knowing that that was like rebel Rodriguez in his score, calling back to the score that his dad wrote for Spy Kids 3 back in the two thousands, just kind of added a level of charm to me. Uh huh. As it was like, Oh, this is cool. It's literally like, you know, a generation, calling back the work that like th- their dad did in this goofy little spy kids movie. Oh my God. That's why there's six troublemaker kids at the beginning. Uh, boom. Wow. That's true. Yeah. That's all of them. That's all of them. That's they're They're all the troublemaker kids. That was <laughs> when, when the troublemaker kids uh. logo, when the troublemaker logo came up and it was like 30 years. I was like, fuck you. Like I just, <laughs> I just immediately like 30 years. Jesus fuck Christ. 30. It, it was like a jump scare. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm getting used to that, man. I'm getting used to like my brain has to reprogram when they say like this happened over 25 years ago. That means like 2005. Right. You know, oh, yeah. I'm constantly having to do the math all all the time. um, Is this how my dad felt? Jesus. (laughs) But that's really cool. That's a good catch. And so, you know, those are the vibes that I had going into the movie. Um, There was this really charming. There's like a YouTube video that I saw where they interview kind of crew members. Uh, Production designers Kayla Edelblut and Steve Joyner were property masters and prop assistants on the old Spy Kids movies and production designed this one. And they were telling stories about, yeah, we've literally known the kids since before they were born. Wow. And and now they're like on set working on the story and the score and the concept art. And it's like the trippiest thing. Um a story I do remember telling on the podcast, uh, Scott, do you remember how uh, the stunt head, the, the stunt coordinator for the original movies was a guy named Jeff, ja- Jeff dash and his son was the uh, stunt double for Gary. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yes. And, and that was like, it's my first movie. And I'm like, Oh, boy, son, you know, <laughs> yeah, the next generation. Right. Well, that kid was JJ dash and he is now a stunt coordinator in his own right that's worked on all kinds of crazy movies. He's the stunt coordinator on this movie. And his son, Jackson Dash, now is, does some of the stunts for this movie now. Wow. That's great. Yeah. And so, you know, again, I'm not suggesting that this is some should, this should somehow spare the movie from any kind of criticism or objective appraisal. But I'm just saying, like... I kind of found the movie charming in a lot of ways, just ha- having all of this knowledge in the back of my mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially, you know, with children's entertainment can be so like, oh, who gives a shit? You know? Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, um, so, yeah, a lot of and then, yeah, th- after that, it's just notes on the movie itself. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah. So, Scott. Yes. Uh, this movie star. I was so sure that they were going to be so they're running. They're in some kind of like temple mm-hmm. and they're already in their spy kids stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and they're like, oh, the Armageddon code's going to launch in like 20 minutes or whatever. I was so sure we were going to zoom out and they were going to be playing a video game. Oh, that's interesting. I thought we were, because they were being secretive about what they look like, I thought we were going to get a, like, it was that it was going to be... Uh, 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 Carmen and Judy? Uh, yeah, Carmen and Judy, but, like, it was going to be, like, a de-aged, like, <laughs> Carmen so and Judy, funny. like... Uh, open because I'm just trained to be like, well, that's just what blockbuster movies are now. They, they, right? You know, <laughs> you, yeah. yeah, you thought they were gonna do like the, the the Dial of Destiny. Yeah. Um, did you hear that was also they were also going to do that for um Dead Reckoning? Yes, I did. I did hear that. And then yeah, McHugh was like, eh, no, maybe not. That seems like uh, money we don't need to spend. Um, yeah, this movie's already <laughs> two hundred and seventy million dollars. Yeah, that would have been crazy <laughs> if, for some reason, yeah, Rodriguez was like, "We're gonna de-age, we're gonna do a de-aging Carmen and Juni with our budget." <laughs> yeah, because they were being so secretive about what they look like for a second. That yeah, in retrospect, it is a little weird. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, so right off the bat, uh huh. Credit where credit's due. I think the thing that makes Spy Kids Spy Kids, right, mm-hmm. is that it's not – Spy Kids has a very weird combination of, yeah. of like, temple-y, castle settings with, That's true. like, yeah. spy gadget stuff. So it's, like, these weird, like – yeah, these weird, like, treasure hunting – kind of setting adventure setting stuff with like the spy stuff like slapped on top of that. Um, And so, and that was like one of my problems with the last movie was like, it was like just spy technology stuff. Um, Right. Like that whole movie took place in like boardrooms. It felt like, (laughs) you know, there were, there was none of like the lava temple levels that you yeah right exactly um like it's always been like this weird seesawing of these two things that robert rodriguez is interested in um yeah and and this goes back to the weird seesawing um in a in a way that like i think i think uh feels like spy kids so credit where credit's no, for due. Sure. i was like immediately like oh yeah i mean this as this is spy kids movie this looks like spy kids yeah, I wasn't. I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to not to speculate too much. But if you go back to Spy Kids four, I wonder if the kids, because they're they're kind of somewhere between like my age and like a little younger, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's like, were they too young to really? Now that this was uh, with this one with Armageddon, Rodriguez was like, hey, you kids have been watching and digging on the Spy Kids movies since you were kids. What should be in this one? And is that what four was lacking? Maybe, maybe. Well, yeah, because my my feeling with Rod Rodriguez making these movies for his kids, um, I feel like that's why the first three are as good as they are, is because he was making them, like making for them. them for children, like for specific children. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, my ki- my kids are obsessed with video games. I'll make a Spy Kids movie where they go in a video game. Right, right, right. Um, and I think that the reason, one of the reasons that the fourth one is so bad is because he was making it for no one. He was making it for a corporation, for this sort of like vague sense of like the next generation. Um, right. 
kids as a concept. Like, right. Kids are like this. Yeah. And it's not, it's like, no, man, you're like, you're, you're pushing 60 at this point. And it's like, you're, you know, it's just, you're not going to have, you don't, you don't, you're not, you're not hooked into like kids the way that you were when you sure. were a dad of like children. Um, and you're like around them all the time and you know what their energy is and what makes them laugh and what keeps their interest. Now you have no idea. Now you're just guessing. Um, right. And it's using also your memories. Yeah. And it's also, I think that's the big problem with that, with the, with the, with the fourth one. And I, and I do think that this one still has that problem, um, to a certain extent. Uh-huh. Um, I think that there is, it's better than the fourth one, but I do still think it feels like an old guy trying to do something the kids would, he thinks kids would like. As opposed to what we talked about, which is like if he, if he did a clean new dynasty of giving this to like a director who wasn't a Rodriguez or at least wasn't his yeah. age, maybe. Right. Like, like if, um, I, 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 I don't know. I can't think of like a, like a Latino. Well, see what, like, what I'm interested in is yeah. like. Are we are we going to reach a point where uh, Racer graduates from co-producer to director and like he directs a Spy Kids movie eventually? What would that look like? That's I I'm interested in that, but I'm also kind of only interested in it if he has kids like to me. Yeah, for sure. That's the that's the important part of it. Yeah. Is like you need to be a so like when I was thinking of like another like. Um, you know, Latin American uh, director, I was thinking, uh, I guess doesn't need to be American, but like, I was thinking of like, who has been no, like, like who's somebody who has been like an R rated Latin director for a while. And then just recently had kids and was like, my kids can't watch my movies. Cause like, that's the person you want <laughs> sure, to yeah. pick up the legacy, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so like that's that's kind of like what I'm looking for. Um, I guess the in, name like, a new filmmaker. He isn't. He, he doesn't fit all of the attributes that you described. But uh-huh. for some reason, the first name that kind of pops into my head as the someone who could really have fun with this franchise or maybe take it into exciting places is Dan Trachtenberg. Oh, interesting. And yeah, you know, uh, while he is a white guy, uh, he's a white guy. <laughs> Um, I, uh, my understanding is he is a parent, just kind of following him on on social media, and then also, yeah, yeah, fairly recent parent, he, I believe he's uh, a parent to young. He probably knows what Doc McStuffins is. I'm guessing, yeah, um, yeah, 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 and uh, has made a priority to merge genre, unabashed genre movies with. Hey, like let's tell stories with marginalized people who normally aren't the star of movies yeah. like this. With you know Amber Mid Thunder star turn. And so I don't know. I think he could yeah. make a good one, but like that's very true. But this is such like a family business that yeah. it almost kind of takes that off the board. Where this isn't like a just another IP franchise, and like right. I wonder if they're even interested in having like an outsider come into their family restaurant and like do be like Carmi with the bear. You know what I mean? Right. Hey, why are we doing it this yeah. way? This is weird. Like, what's the way we've always done it? You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess I could understand that. Uh, but I do think that, like, I don't know. I, I also just think, like, that's well, what you need to do to, like, make a franchise viable. I think so. Like, point. I, I kind of kind of keep going with the bear analogy that I've decided on for some reason. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, there's advantages. You could see the wisdom in both ideologies of the bear. There's like mm-hmm. the, hey, like this means something to people. 
This is mm-hmm. like the family business. We there's emotion and history behind why we do it this way. And then there's mm-hmm. an outsider, arguably, that's like, hey, but we could be doing a lot better mm-hmm. if we changed and did this. And I think what you're saying is there is a universe where a Spy Kids movie can come out that is as good as Prey. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, in its own way. In its own yes. way, of course. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. The, yes. the, <laughs> the Prey of Spy Kids movies were like, whoa, this is kind of better yeah. than the average Spy Kid movie. You're saying right. that would take a degree of like of someone coming from the outside and be like, okay, we're going to do it this way. We're going to do this vision. Yeah, yeah. I That's, that's kind of how I... That's that's sort of what I feel because it's sort of I think you need somebody who's going to be able to step in and be like, okay, this this that was that's what kids wanted in like the early two thousands, early to mid two thousands, but like now in the twenty twenties, this is what kids are interested Ooh. in, you know, and this is the kind this is the tone of things that they like. These are the kinds of things that make them laugh, you know. So and, and so I think I think we need that. I think we synced up with the walkthrough in a cool way because. Um, we got to like a day earlier from the craziness, mm-hmm. this classic Spy Kids craziness. It's like one day earlier. And you meet um, the girl's name was Patty. And the. Yeah, well, Patty and Tony. Patty and Tony. Patty and Tony yeah. Torres. These Tango Torres. Tango Torres. Patty, yes. ta- Patty, Patty Tango Torres and Tony Tango Torres. Um, yes. So these are not. And Terrence Tango and Nora Torres. <laughs> yeah, Terrence Tango is Zachary Levi, the dad. And Gina Rodriguez yeah. is playing the mom, Nora. Um, Question. Yes. I, I couldn't figure this out. Um, is Zachary Levi supposed to be Latino okay. in this? I have a theory. Thank you. I, okay. I, I, have, I literally have a theory about this. Um, okay. Um, really quickly. Was Jessica Alba a Cortez or did we – is that something yes. we work sh- – Okay. So she is a Cortez. I, be- I, I, I seem oh, to remember – She's Carmen's aunt. That she's like – yeah, she's Carmen's aunt – She's her sister is is uh, Carla Gagino. Yes, yeah, because they brought that up. It was like, hey, hey, cuz or whatever the fuck, hey niece. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah. So this is a totally new family. Um, I think my theory is that Zachary Levi is doing that. Um, when look, when a white person enters a Latin family, uh-huh. what I've kind of picked up and learned is that sometimes they will kind of good naturedly. Kind of good, kind of like the dad in Barbie. Remember America Ferrera's husband in Barbie, where he was like on oh. he was on Duolingo and he was trying to learn Spanish and kind of yeah going out of his way to be like, you know, ah oh, no mames, right? <laughs> right. So yeah, I because like yeah, there's a part where he says Antonio with an accent, yeah, and I think there's a part where he says like mira, like look, he's like mira. Yeah. mira. So I kind of took that as he's like the good natured white husband to this latin queen that's like see I, i'm learning the words i'm knowing i know some spanish but why does his son have seven names um i think most of those because yeah that that was the because that's a carryover joke from the first movie um yeah but they have to say their full names and like the joke to get into the safe house and the joke is that latin people have really long names <laughs> yeah um but yeah so um it'd be funny if the names were half I don't know if Zachary Levi's Jewish or if he just played a Jew in uh, Marvelous yeah, Mrs. Not Maisel. Jewish. Okay. I, I looked. I looked. I specifically looked up what his. It's like everybody in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And it was like it was like yeah. It was. I mean yeah. Half the people aren't no, Jewish. No, but I was, it'd be, it'd be funny if like the yeah. joke later on where the Spy Kids have to say their full names. If it was like Tony Romero 
like Hazel, Eiselstein, <laughs> if it was half half their dad's family, half the mom's family. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Well, but, 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 uh, okay, but that's my other thing is like the boy is, uh, you know, at least minimum white passing and, and the girl is, is not. Um, and so I was under the impression that they were not, they were like step siblings. That could be true. Cause like my kids four was about them being step siblings. No, 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 no. They were both the kids, but Joel McHale was new, right? They were, I don't it was a new setup. That was what the movie was about. Was that they were yeah. kind of a newer, the, this wasn't the norm for very long. Right. Um, one thing. One thing that I did like about because I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember those two kids being shits, but I believe you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I liked about these two, Tony and Patty, is they weren't as uh, antagonistic as Junie and Carmen mm-hmm. were. They were a lot more of like a pair. Like, yeah, one was more of like a troublemaker, and one was more by the book. But they were kind of like I liked how they both liked the video game. Yeah, that was that is true. I I the other reason I think they're step siblings is because they seem to be the same age. <laughs> That's a, which, no, they kind of they at some at some points they were acting like twins. Yeah, which is you know the I, logistics. I don't, that, I don't yeah I don't think they can be. Well, I don't know. Um, can can two twins come out of the same birthing process and one be like a lot different of a of a like skin tone than their sibling? I don't know. Let us know because no, no. I, I know I don't know about the I don't know the genetics on because like I'm not sure. I don't know. Have you ever seen? You haven't met my sister, I don't think. But like my sister has always been darker than me. Um, mm. just kind of. But I don't know if it's at the level that these two are. So right. But I do know that just like my mom, my my sister just got that part of the Mexican genes. Is she's just darker than me? And yeah, I'm kind of like I don't know. I don't, You're like right between your two parents. Yeah, I feel like where like skin tone wise, people people will come up to me assuming that I know Spanish, but then also I've been mistaken for other kinds of people. Mm, mm-hmm, um, I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever been. I don't know if anyone's ever been like that's a white guy. Yeah, <laughs> look, at that, look, at that, look at that white guy crossing the street. I I just don't know. Like okay, so I I, I will say this: uh, Zachary Levi not annoying in this movie. Um, he had. I don't mean this in a bad way. He has kind of like church skit energy. That's true. That is true. But it's not, um, you know, he's not acting like a hyperactive child. No, no. He's much more kind yeah. of like a live action Flynn from Rapunzel. Yeah. Where he's kind of suave and dashing, but then he'll get smacked in the face by something or he'll be the butt of the joke. Right. Um. I do, however, I think I would have preferred if... DJ Katrona was the dad Ooh. and Zachary Levi was running the OSS. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, because, okay, uh, so DJ Katrona, who was in that. Two Shazam alums. Two Shazam alums. Two members yeah. of the Shazamily in this movie. Yes. And, th- yeah. and uh, his connection, uh, I didn't see a bunch of this show, but DJ Katrona was also one of the leads in the From Dusk Till Dawn show. Oh, okay. I think okay. I think he was the George Clooney character. Oh yeah. Okay. So okay. That's yeah. A, but I think I agree with you because like DJ Catrona was also really good at being the goofy grown up. Mm-hmm. And um, so okay, the thing I'm looking up is his character's name was Devlin. Yeah. And was that 
a character from the old movies or am I because th- I think the bad guy was Donovan in the first. Don- yeah. Devlin rings a bell. I feel like someone in the Spy Kids universe had the last name of Devlin. Oh, it was George Clooney. So maybe he just. Oh, so maybe he just likes that name. Yeah. Or maybe that's George Clooney's hmm. son, son of the president. Interesting. OK. Um, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but yeah. I, I, I agree uh, with you. I, I do think. uh I do think, yeah, Zachary Levi is kind of like the smarmy, slick head of the OSS. Maybe would have played his strengths a little better. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. Um, I I also just like, uh, so like, okay. I kind of like I, your, I mean, I we... your step family. I do like how it, you, you could go through it with that headcanon because they never say mm-hmm. they're not a step family. And mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. could kind of add a layer to this, you know. Yeah. I, I think that... Um, Okay, I think I you know I said this I think with the fourth one in terms of like you know um, they were trying to do because like in every new Spy Kids movie it's like the Spy Kids have the revelation of like oh like our dorky parents are actually cool yes and but every time at least in the in the like every, every time it's like the first time you're just like. Dude, your your parents are Antonio Banderas and Carla Gugino. <laughs> yeah. They are not dude, like dorky. Dorks. They're not uncool. Jesus, look at your parents. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the classic line, but, our parents aren't spies, they're not cool enough. Right, exactly. But then then in the fourth one, which is the next time they use that line, um, you know, you have Jessica Alba and and uh Joel McHale, uh, right? Joel McHale, yeah. thank you. Um and I remember saying at the time, like I think they needed to like ramp that up a little bit more, like make them a little more like dorkier and like very much just like domestic parents Mm -hmm. so that like you could really nail that of like, oh, wow, like it's a thing about learning to appreciate your parents and, you know, not really understanding your parents or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then here again, they do something like that where it's like there's something here about the parents not taking an interest in the things that interest their kids and the kids feeling like there's nothing about their parents that they're interested in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like there's, there, there is stuff there, but they never like really like stick it, you know? Um, yeah. and, and then, and then they, they wipe it all away because then the whole movie becomes about this like weird honesty thing. Sure. And that's what I'm talking about in terms of like it's clumsy. Yeah, like, yeah. You start the movie and it feels like it's going to be about one thing, and then they abandon that and then make it all about honesty, which doesn't make any fucking sense. This is a movie about spies. Well, see, I thought that was I will okay. That concept is interesting. The idea of okay, I want to put a pin in that, but first, okay, um, I kind of had a similar thought to you too, where you know the movie starts and like we've been here twice before. Where like, right. you know, the, the parents are spies and the kids don't know about it. And like mom and dad are always keeping stuff from us. Blah blah blah. So I was thinking, you know, this movie comes from a place of our dad was this weird, cool filmmaker. And when we were kids, we would always go to sets with him or like mm-hmm. be working with him on the movie at home or like mm-hmm. on set. And so we always thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So now that we're adults, we want to like make movies like our dad did. Um mm-hmm. I'm probably oversimplifying, but, you know, just like that thing. Um, yeah. So my thing is, what if the kids just already knew their parents were spies? Right. Because, like, that's the one-to-one is, like, 
are you know because that's not what Robert Robert Rodriguez didn't keep it a secret that he was a director or right. like no I'm just going off to work at the office he's like look at this cool stuff I get to do look at me yeah so like what if that was a spy kids movie where it's like we've grown up knowing that our parents were spies I don't know there was just an idea that I had I don't know if there's yeah yeah juice yeah. to that I right but I also just don't see the harm in them not telling their kids that they're spies um, <laughs> so the but the honesty thing that you're talking about for plot so the the boy the boy one yeah. uh tony yeah tony is he like he's sneaking he has all of like all of the tech in this house is like in these cubbies that are out of access to so right. he has to steal his little psp like mobile gaming device yeah or a trading card and the thing right. and the dad zachary levi has these really heavy tech restrictions in the house like you're not allowed to use a tablet after you know before 6 p.m or right. you're not allowed to do this and we think it's kind of like oh he's a dad that's just like paranoid about tech stuff but then we learn in the next scene that it's all having to do with their spy stuff right and if the dad was honest with the kids about why the tech restrictions are the way they are maybe they would understand but because it's like no freaking technology you're banned from using technology. The kids have developed two different ways of handling that. The daughter, Patty, is like, okay, it's the way it is. L- lay, lay, you know, way of the law. Got to follow the rules. And the son is like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm a rebel. I'm a rebel. I'm a rebel, Rodriguez. I'm going to like... <laughs> so he's like, he's stealing cards and he has... I was obsessed with the line, cheats and tricks. That they kept yeah. using throughout this movie. Um, yeah. So I think, but yeah, I think that's kind of what you were talking about is like the honesty theme is this sort of right. But, but also the honesty theme of like, it's not just honesty. It's also like honesty. The definition of honesty to this movie isn't just being honest. It's also being like, like a, like a, like a stand up guy and being like a real hero and like, yeah. you know, doing the right thing, the right way. Right the right way which is not has nothing to do with honesty it's like it it, it, you know which one is it is it is it that you are gonna always do the right thing or is it being honest because those things aren't always the same yeah like you said it's it's, it's messy and it's being kind of messy when those two are kind of mushed together by the end when characters start learning their lessons yeah, it's very it's yeah, it's very clumsy. It's um, very clumsy. But I appreciated that that the movie kind of tackled the issue of how do we raise our kids with technology or like what cuz like yeah. you know when when like so after that they're they're driving to work. They're driving to that freaking library in Austin where the OSS mm-hmm. is and uh Gina Rodriguez and Zachary Levi are like not arguing but they're having like a dialogue about like well, should we give them you know, look, they're becoming better people because they're following the rules. So we should, mm-hmm. I'm right. And Gina Rodriguez is like, ah, but they should be free. We shouldn't, we should let them have their own lives and have their own interests. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, I don't remember this being in the fourth one. And so I guess I kind of yeah. appreciate. Well, that's because Joel McHale and Jessica Alba had no chemistry whatsoever. <laughs> um, okay. So you would say I, these two I, had, had at least some chemistry. Yeah. I wouldn't say romantic chemistry. I <laughs> feel like they had like like platonic friend chemistry. Um, and I, and that was part of what, like I was thinking about with, in regards to DJ. like what I was talking about earlier yeah. of like the domesticity of their lives. I'm like, you could have like done something cool where it's like, they're so domestic 
and so like by the book at home and then there's spies out there but they're not even cool spies like all they do is like talk about like soccer practice or you know making sure we got to clean the house tomorrow yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. you know whatever domestic stuff and they're like didn't we used to be cool like they don't think we're cool like we're spies shouldn't we be cool yeah. and like you even show like maybe like when they met and they were cool and everything was like cool and sexy and spot because that's the aspect of that original Spy Kids movie that everyone forgets about is that like Carla Gugino and Antonio Banderas are sexy like they're sexy together. And that's OK. The movie doesn't treat that as like this is inappropriate for children. It, it, it treats it in a way of like, isn't that the ideal that your parents are like kind of sexy together and like they love each other and they're like still like really into each other, you know? Um, and this movie just doesn't have any of that. And the last movie didn't have any of that. It's just very much like, yeah, I don't know. They're parents, whatever. Yeah, no, um, I definitely agree with that. I, yeah. So I think in what's interesting about the first five kids is you do kind of have the, like they have the super sexy, beautiful flashback that right. they try comically try to recreate in this one that we'll talk about later. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I think they were, what they were going for in the Spy Kids movie is, oh, is is exactly what you're talking about. Like, yeah. look how cool we used to be. But I remember, like, they gave Antonio Banderas, like, little glasses. Yeah. Or there's the part where, like, he fantasizes about beating up the bully's dad, but instead he just kind of cowers. And Daryl's bar is like, true. my dad's a pussy. But really it's because, like, I can't. I have to set a good example for So I think they were trying yeah. to do kind of you're what you're right. talking about. But you don't remember... Antonio Banderas being a dork. Right, he, right. Because they don't take it far enough. He was just like a normal, he kind of looks like my friend's yeah. dad, you know? Right, 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 right. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. It just doesn't, like, there's not a moment in this where I believe these two are spies. For sure. Don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. They were. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that the thing, too, in The Last Spy Kids, is that Joel McHale wasn't a spy and didn't know that Jessica Alba was a spy? He was a spy hunter. That was a spy hunter, right? God, that movie sucked. Had a rea- it was so bad. He had a reality <laughs> show about him. Yeah. And we, were, we went on a whole thing about, like, why are you compromising fucking assets of foreign countries or your country for a reality show? You're, like, getting people killed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. That's the other thing, too, that I, I think this movie is missing, um, is that they work for the OSS, but, like... It doesn't appear that there's actually any spy kids. Like, yeah. Well, okay. I think in the fourth one, it had been closed, but sure. it ends with the promise of like, we've reactivated the spy kids. And I, yeah, but and this movie ignores apparently that. Apparently not. Yeah. Yeah. This movie. Well, I, I believe, oh. I believe if I remember correctly, I think this is a total reboot. Okay. 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 So it doesn't exist in the universe of the other movies. I don't think so. So maybe I don't. I think that was the intention. Uh, at least. It, I mean, you know, maybe they would renege on that later on if they sure. make another one. Maybe you know? this is a dark but, tower situation where it's the same cycle again and again, but it's different every time. Yeah. Maybe they'll do a, a, a Spy Kids multiverse saga. But yeah. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, um, but I agree with you. I think they could have had more fun with like making the parents having a double life or how they've changed because, yeah, there really isn't that much of a vibe shift once they're in spy mode again, because they're in that kind of like, we're dancing together. Yeah. Uh, Cause correct me if I'm wrong and maybe I am. Weren't Antonio Banderas and Carla Gugino retired. 
I okay, 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 going off of pure memories right now. Yeah, I think they were both retired, right? Actively, but secretly on like doing uh, what's the word uh, when you're retired and you're doing like consulting. Yeah, like they were right. both consulting behind the other one's backs. I think. Right, 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 right. Because, um, yeah, and so the fact that these two are like active spies, like it just yeah, doesn't. Like, their home life just doesn't make any sense to like me. Like they're going to work in the morning. Yeah, they're, I'm like, who is watching these kids while you guys are going on like weekend spy trips? Right. There's no way you're you're only doing spy shit nine to five. You <laughs> that's know, not like, how it works. Yeah, that's not how it works. So. Yeah, uh, they needed an Uncle Felix. They needed like a, they, yeah. See, that's what I mean. Like that first Spy Kids is really well thought out. You I know, know, I know what you mean. Yeah, we're like they actually yeah. like, oh well, no. If this is true, then this would have to be true. Where this it kind of has like Saturday morning cartoon logic a little bit. Yeah, which is like fine, and it's certainly better than the fourth one. But I do think that there's a lot of missed opportunity here. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they get to OSS. Um. The uh, the kid. Uh, Tony is playing a card game tournament where yeah. they the winner gets an access code to this game called um, High Score. High Score, but it's spelt weird. It's spelt fantasy weird with a bunch of Ys, and it's yeah. a sequel to Low Score, which is also spelled right. with a bunch of Ys and Ks. And yeah. it is like this universe's Game Over or right. Fortnite, where like Every kid is obsessed with it. Even like uh, Patty's friends were like, yeah, I'm going to go home and play it as soon as I get done yeah. being at this tournament. Yeah, it's totally Fortnite. Yeah. Um, it's like a combination of like Fortnite and Pokemon. So um, as someone who, you know, as a 30 something who doesn't have kids. Yeah. This passed my test of like, yeah, yeah that's what kids are doing. <laughs> sure. <They're, laughs> yeah. I especially like the part where um, the villain reveal is they're watching that guy's video on a tablet. It just kind of felt like, yeah. Oh, it was like, yeah, this could be like Mr. Beast or like Jake. Paul. E- easily, easily the most awkward exposition of all time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Which is that like, he wins the game by cheating. Cause he, he tucks, uh, the idea of the game is like, whoever has the lowest, like the lowest scoring, uh, yeah, like the lowest number. number on their character card mm-hmm. wins the fight, and the kid drops a three, but he's tucked a one in his in his sleeve, and so he cheats and pulls out that and beats the kid and wins a cop an early copy of high yeah. score the game. Absolutely, they're playing low score, this and is he's got an early cop. The winner wins a, an early copy of high score, and then he wins, and we're like, yeah, just put in your email dr- address here, and we'll send you a copy of the game. And he types it in. And then he turns around to the other kids that are there and just goes, did you know that the creator of this game is named, uh, uh, some, some, what, what is it? His, his nickname uh, is the King. Yeah. Yeah. Ray, Ray Kingston, but everyone calls him the King. And then he hits play on a video on of Ray of Ray, on the tablet of Ray Kingston being like, I'm Ray Kingston, but everyone calls me the King. Um, so <laughs> Billy Magnuson. Yeah controversial maybe is he the best spy kids villain i was thinking exactly the same thing i think he might be i think he by might default be. i think he might be the best spy kids villain because i don't count alan alan um yeah alan coming um, yeah alan coming because he wasn't he didn't know he was doing villainous things right um yeah he was he was being uh twisted by uh, T- by, uh tony shalhoub uh, 
by Tony Shalhoub, yeah. But so in like, terms of know. like super villains, um, yeah. yeah, I think what's so great about Billy Magnuson in this is he's playing it very straight. Yes, he's not doing the Sylvester Stallone, Jeremy Piven, like pl- yes. playing to the rafters. He's kind of because I think he knows that's what kids will find cooler is yes. if he's acting like a real action movie villain. Well, but I, I don't even think it's him. I think it's Rodriguez. Mm. I think Rodriguez is like, no, we need to correct. That's true. Like we went too far in the other direction. Everyone hated the fourth one, even kids. We obviously went too far. That's actually we need to we need to bring it back. We need to bring the tone to a little bit more of a grounded place. Still have some fun, but like a little more of a grounded place. That's a good point because now that you say it, this is easily this could be the most grounded I've ever seen Billy Magnuson in a movie. That's true. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. We know he can go big. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely can go big. Uh, um but he's good in this. Yeah, we're on the same page with him. Yeah, I thought he was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um so it turns out the game code, I don't want to think too hard on it, but it was all a ruse. Because then I was like, wait, so did he know Tony was going to win? Or did he just count on Tony winning? Because the email code of the game that he got sent because he won is actually like a virus that he's going to use to hack the family computer later to get. Right. I can't believe we haven't mentioned it once this entire time we've been talking, but he's trying to get the Armageddon code. Right. Which is why the movie's called Armageddon. Yes. Um, I think it should have been called the Armageddon Code. I think that's a cooler title. That is that is a way better title. Um I will say I <laughs> I will say this though. Please. Um uh, I think one of the silliest mistakes that this movie makes okay. is like and this is like way later in the movie, but when he is enacting the Armageddon Code because his feeling is that like the whole world sucks. Spies took down my dad yeah. and locked him up and didn't let him like correct his problems. And like earlier in the movie, um, Patty says like, like they describe like what they did. And she's like, well, why did you do that? You could have done all of this instead of beating them up. You could have used the emoji bomb. And instead of, you know, uh, punching him, uh, punching him, you could have talked about, talked to him and figured out what he was doing and maybe suggest some other things. And like, you know, because she's just like a sweet girl that like just like wants to be nice to everybody yeah. and believes the best in everyone, and it's it's nice. Um, she's eight, but yeah, right. She's she's eight. Um, and and Billy, but Billy Magnuson is the son of that guy, yeah. And is like the reason that I lost my dad was because of like lies and deceit and all of this like bad stuff that's in the world, and so I need to like like just re- basically like ruin the world so that it can be rebuilt the way that I want it, where everyone's honest and and nice and good. I can control it the way I control my game. Right. Control it the way that I control my game. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, it is definitely like a thing where it's like, well, your heart's in the right place, but this is the wrong way to do it, which is what he ultimately learns. Right. Instead, he leads by example, um, instead of by force. I think that's every Um, spy kid movie. I think they are always able to turn the bad guy good. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, what's the point of this otherwise? <laughs> yeah, right? like falling but, down but, a cliff or, yeah. But all the but the mistake that I do think that they make sure, is there's one moment where he first starts the Armageddon code and he starts going through like the stuff in the world and he just goes, Oh, nuclear codes. Yeah, we're not gonna need those anymore. Let's just throw those out. And I'm like 
I mean, yeah, we we probably should. I don't. I, that right. seems like a good idea. Actually, yeah. maybe we should stick with that. Um, but they are they are presenting that what he's doing is bad, and I'm like, maybe that wasn't the right choice of dialogue. Right. In that it could have been. It could have been anything. It could have been anything. Not just like. Ah, in my world, we're not going to need nuclear code, so let's throw those out. And it's like, yeah, let's do that. Can we? Yeah, yeah. can we do that? Like, we should probably do the classic, that. classic Marvel rule. You got to have a part where the bad guy picks up a random character by the neck and starts to choke him. That way, you know they're right. bad. Right. <laughs> yes. I just thought that was so. Funny. No, it's great. But yeah. Um. um anyway. But, but yeah, I mean, and we'll get. But yeah, there's. Uh, and it's kind of weirdly being about prison reform too at the very end, which we'll get back to. Yeah, it, yeah, for sure. Uh, so they're they're playing the game. Uh, the game characters are able to somehow. We actually do learn how this happens, but they're seemingly able to enter the real world, and mm-hmm. they attack the house. And mm-hmm. one thing I appreciated, and again, I knew this already, so who knows if I would have picked this up just watching it blind, but knowing that Rianne Rodriguez did a lot of the design art and like concept art for the movie. Mm-hmm. I couldn't mm-hmm. help but notice that the goons, like the monsters, the game characters had kind of a different aesthetic than your classic Robert Rodriguez mutant monster thing. That's definitely true. Um, however, I also feel like they, they were sort of like an amalgamation of like, the creatures on uh, the Island of Lost Dreams mixed with the stuff from Game Over. Absolutely, yeah. It's like you merge those two things and then upgrade the graphics to like something more palatable for 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 twenty twenty three, and you kind of get what you get in here. Because like the skeleton guys, I mean, that's straight from Spy Kids too. Spy Kids too, yeah. I so. love. I mean, not to jump ahead, but I kind of did. It, did you get the feeling that the skeleton guys were? Even somehow moving a bit more Ray Harryhausen-y. Yeah, for sure. They just seemed like yeah. choppier in a way that I liked. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. I um, love that. But yeah, I mean, like, it's still Spike. It's still Robert Rodriguez. So, like, I kept thinking of, like, uh, like modern Power Rangers mm-hmm. is kind of the vibe. But it looked cool. I don't know, like, the Aztec guy. Um, yeah. So, the... the uh, what is what is his name? Uh, Heck Knight. The, the Heck Knight. Heck Knight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the parents are separated from the kids. The, the parents get captured. The kids zip away. I was totally leered, you know, once upon a time in Hollywood, DiCaprio memeing when they went down that one street on South Congress in front of the Capitol. Oh yeah, me too. I did the same thing. <laughs> I was like, there it fucking is again. God damn it. He just. <laughs> It's the only street in Austin he they let him shut down occasionally. Go, yeah. To film. There it is. <laughs> the most cinematic street in the world. Uh, do you? I. I I don't know if you got this feeling at all, but I got this weird feeling that this was Robert Rodriguez's house. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, for there sure. was something about like when they got in the garage mm-hmm. um, to get into those cars. I was like, is this Robert Rodriguez's garage? Is this their house? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. Is this his house? Have we been in his house the whole time? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely this is of any movie that this could be. That would be it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's a movie? Oh, uh, the the Idol. The Idol. They filmed a lot of that at the weekend's house because they ran out of money. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jesus. Yep. Um, wild. So, uh, yeah, cool. Kind of cool. Pretty cool chase scene. And this is kind of when I noticed that Patty and Tony were just kind of more simpatico than. Yeah. They didn't have like the bickering, which I liked in the first one because that's real. That happens. But right. I liked how these guys are kind of were more Fred and George Weasley a little bit. 
Yeah, and and I think that's I think the reason for that is because they are they are step siblings, and mm-hmm. and somehow they're getting along more because they're like I, they're like the same age and they have similar interests and whatever. Um, whereas like you know. Uh, in the original Spike is they were like opposite. They were like polar opposites. Yeah, you know? because they grew up in the same area. So they were like, you know, right. fuck Junie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know what that is. I but... will say this. I will say this. So these kids are much less annoying than the kids in Spy Kids 4. Um, however, uh, I still don't, they don't have yeah, the magic don't, yeah. kid thing. Um, kid actor thing. And I don't like know they, if it's... They, they, they do just feel like generic kid actors, unfortunately. Like I don't know if it's nostalgia or what, but yeah, when I when I think back, to... it's not though because I don't have nostalgia that's true. for it. That's true, but yeah, something and about it, it's legit, man. Those kids just pop. Carmen and Juni, Alexa Vega, Daryl yeah. Sabara, they just yeah. it doesn't even feel like they're acting in that first movie. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, these kids are just kind of falling back on child actor. Yeah. Kid, oh, Tropes. Uh, a, a, yeah. a real speaking of a moment that really exemplified that. Um, so they get to the hideout where we get Gina Rodriguez, like, here's your super cool hideout with like candy and uh, you know, training stuff and exercise. But there's a part where the the wall turns to reveal bunk beds and they yeah. freak the fuck out, yeah, over those bunk beds, yeah, they do. And I couldn't um, tell if that was the most realistic moment or the most unrealistic moment, you know? Yeah. And he like he's like, di- like dibs on the top bunk. And I'm like, it doesn't really matter. They're both like <laughs> Yeah. They're they're both kind of like it's not it's like, like the top bunk is gonna like save your head. It's still in a cubby. Yeah, no, for sure. Um yeah. Um did you like the it really looked like they were in um a stage where they film motion capture for video games. Yeah, it did. You're right. Well, I mean, it looks like specifically the stage from uh, Mythic Quest, but yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. Have we talked about that? Like that, that's that he needs to be a, the dad and he should oh, be the dad. Oh, Rob McElhenney? Jo- well, I mean, that would oh, be cool too, but I was say? thinking Joey Mags. Oh, Joey Mags, even more. Yeah, that'd be cool. Jo- Joey Mags would be, would wreck a Spy Kids, Perfect. wreck being the dad of a Spy Kids movie. Oh, he's so good in Pee Wee. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. get Joey Mags in the new Spy Kids movie. Oh my God, he would rap. Absolutely. Um, wow. Did you like like the slappy things and like you know basically the truth? Really, I'm just I'm just Sorry. realizing they just he really missed he really missed the opportunity to get Joey Mags and Sophie Sophia Vergara. Absolutely, R.I.P. Like as the the couple like yeah. parents I mean, in a Spy Kids they, reboot. They're a living Spy Kids couple. They really are. <laughs> At least in the sequels. In the sequels, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, man. man. Wait, wait, wait. Is Carla Gugino Latin or Italian? I think she's Italian. Okay. So that that's per- literally... Oh, literally. Are. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's they're true. literally the a Spy Kids couple. Like, that's that's, that's yeah. funny. Uh, anyway. So they're, they're training for a while. We get the thought bubbles, which to me, that's just like Spy Kids personified. Is like That's just like a cl- straight down the middle Spy yeah. Kids gadget. Where it's like yep. kind of it's like a little bit clever, a little bit silly, and yep. it's kind of James Bondy. Yeah, and it's like it's it like it's something kids would find funny, but is also like not mean. Yeah, it's a grenade that makes grown ups act silly. Yes, right. Which that was that was well, 
we'll we'll save this. We'll probably talk about like what future Spy Kids oh, okay. stuff could look like after this. But yeah, yeah for sure. Um. Oh, so I had I I found a note, and again, I could be totally grasping at straws, but when we cut back to the parents in the prison cell, mm-hmm. I was like, for some reason, the prison cell looks like hypnotic. Yeah, the movie he made with Ben Affleck. Oh, just that kind of like Nolan-y thick metal aesthetic. And I was like, this looks like hypnotic. I'm like, is his style evolving? And I'm just like the only I'm like the kid in Lady in the Water that can read the cereal boxes. Like I'm the only one like picking up on this. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. It's not even. I mean, you know, a, a shared aesthetics. You know, he's a director. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of like why I still value in a world where there's so much, to quote Zachary Levi, where there's so much crap <laughs> made by studios. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this isn't great. This isn't like pitch perfect storytelling, but at least it kind of has like a weird personality to it that is singular. Hmm. Um. That's true. They meet the bad guy. We get a lot of chuffa and a lot of background about the king that we've already kind of talked about mm-hmm. um oh what do you what do you think of that weird sword fight they had um uh, i don't know I, I mean it was it was interesting that like i don't know there's there's a there's an issue that i have okay. generally speaking with when they do the thing where the video game becomes real real life <laughs> sure yeah where for some reason people who are really good at a video game mm. are also physically good at doing it in real life. Yeah. Even though physically moving is a lot different than moving your thumb on a joystick. And inversely, um, people who are in really good shape and who are really athletic are like yes. magically like stumbling over themselves when they're playing the game. Yeah, right um in in reality whereas like it's like oh they're bad on the outside and they're bad on the inside of the game yeah um you know uh it just doesn't make any sense like it does in gran turismo because (laughs) that's like oh yeah like it translates it's a Mm one-to-one thing right it's like there's more there's g's and things that you have to take into account it's a simulator um but 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 it is a actual simulator whereas like you know, using a keyboard to like jump from platform to platform is not a simulator of actually having to jump from a, a platform, platform to platform that are like 15 feet apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so when yeah, Billy Magnuson, so. when the king or whatever is using his video game smarts to best Gina Rodriguez and Zachary Levi in a sword fight. Yeah, it's very silly. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't quite work for me. I had a thought of like, I don't know if, Rodriguez has ever directed a sword fight before watching that. And it's, I mean, he's trying to, he's, right? Cause he's trying to do that female Zorro. Oh God. Well, I was going to say it, it's no, it's no Robert Rodriguez gunfight. I think yeah. he's directed some of our best gunfights, some of my favorite gunfights, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I wouldn't be, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm going to go some, I seek any Zorro movie, but like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This isn't like, he needs to make a Zorro movie. Right, right, right. No, this these weren't. This wasn't a like a, <laughs> a demo, a great sword fight. Yeah, yeah, it was, certainly not. Um, I don't think that was the intention. <laughs> sure, uh, yeah, of, of course. So uh, <laughs> the spy kids like uh, base gets uh, invaded by goons, but you later learn they're OSS agents. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just kind of was like, oh, the, these grownups are being really good sports acting silly when they got hit by the, yeah. the bomb. I um, I I think with the safe house, I think the thing I'm disappointed with on the safe house side of things uh-huh. is like, do you remember the safe house and the first Spy kids where they're like they like get like a McDonald's meal and like it's like a bunch of stuff that like kids would like. And this is just like training them to be spies. And I'm like, why? The only like, why? Why? Why is that? A thing that they did. Also, this is just a safe house for them. Like, there's, it's not a safe house for the whole family. <laughs> well, because like, there's only two bunks. So, like, why isn't there like fun kid stuff in here? I don't know. Because I think again, going back to the first one being really thought out. Um, yeah. Again, I don't remember all as well, but I believe Carla Gina was like, "Hey, we built this safe house in case you guys ever had to hide out." Right. That's why there's like a microwave that makes McDonald's appear. <laughs> Yeah, right. Because we want you to stay here for an extended amount of time because yeah. it's dangerous outside. Right, right. Um, I think that that microwave McDonald's machine might be this movie's biggest legacy. <laughs> it could be. I think if you met like a construction worker who was like nine when that movie came out and you were like <laughs> Spy Kids, they'd be like, oh, a movie with the McDonald's machine. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's funny because like when I was a kid, it was Richie Rich because he had a McDonald's in his house. Right. Do you think that would f- and that was like, what? Do you think that would yeah. fly now in today's no. world? No. No, people would just be like, ugh, product placement. <laughs> and just make a jerk off motion. I mean, that's like like literally, you know, everybody's so like anti brand now. Like you just wouldn't it would just get it would just get trolled. Sure. Uh, you know, but do you, within an inch of its life. But do you think that is I still think that would be a kid's fantasy though. I don't know. Do kids like McDonald's like they did when we were kids? That's the. Th- I think. I think there's. I mean, like I did in the '90s. Yeah. Well, I, so did I. And so, like, I think my parents did. In but the I don't 60s. think their toys. I don't think their toys no. are like exciting. No, like they used. To I don't be. think because the, they're not movie tie-ins anymore. I think the toys aren't as hot, and I, I think the playgrounds are getting kind of phased out. But. I still think if you put like a plate of chicken nuggets in front of like an eight year old kid, sure. Not even but like McNuggets specifically. Yeah, I think that yeah. thing is gone in thirty seconds flat. I mean, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, it's it's yeah, primal. Sure, yeah, it's primal, definitely. Um, so it's chemical. <laughs> so the uh, they get uh, they manage to get away, but then DJ Catron is there and he's like, "Hey, we're with the OSS. We're not here to hurt you." Uh, what do you think of all those the bad guys hiding behind a bush um, as they're driving away? Yeah, I mean that's very Spy Kids. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. That's fine. That's good. So they go to the the OSS offices. Um, I okay. Please, can we talk about this? All right. So these these guys show up. They break in. They're OSS agents, as we find out. Yeah. But they get dropped into the the spy training facility in the basement, and then just immediately start failing at everything. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm like, what? This is this is something that I want to talk about when we talk about what the next Spy Kids okay, movie cool. should be. Great. But 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 I just I want to keep referencing this because they continuously prove that they are morons, uh, they're goofballs, and they have no business running a spy organization Absolutely. of any kind. Uh, yeah, very fair assessment. Because yeah. later, you know, a few minutes later, when they're at OSS and we get a whole bunch of exposition, um. The bad guys invade OSS. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is almost kind of like Skyfall-y. You know, we're like... <laughs> that is... Uh, 
We're like, sure. like oh, <laughs> like the bad guys are attacking MI6, you know? Yeah, no, I know. It's just, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's very complimentary of, of the course, movie to you. say yeah, that yeah. this is <laughs> Skyfall-esque. Um, and then when the bad guy, to your point, Scott, when the bad guys like infiltrate the 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 mission control and steal the the code, the grownups are like cowering in the corner, right? And I couldn't tell if that was like pointed, if we were supposed to be noticing that and finding that weird, or if that was part of the yeah. kid wish fulfillment that these movies have always been about, you know? Right? Because what happened in the second one? It was like they they like let loose a bomb that like put all the the adults to sleep is that what yeah happened? i remember they're having the spy awards right and then it's like only the kids weren't affected so all the kids had to team up and fight yeah the bad guys right right, right. but it was the but the the kid the adults were all asleep yeah a bomb right? uh, it was in all the food but it was it wasn't right. any of the kids meals or something because oh no 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 it was in the alcohol. the alcohol that's what it is yeah and none of the kids had alcohol, so they uh, didn't, weren't affected. You know, but a really yeah. funny joke if they're... See, that's like really clever and like yeah. really no, definitely. That's I... not a thing that would be in in these current run of Spy Kids. Uh, you know, you know it'd be really funny if in 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 two they're like, look, all the alcohol. It must have been the alcohol because all the grown ups were asleep. And then there's like one kid that's like passed out. <laughs> oh yeah, that would have been so funny. <laughs> That never would have gotten past the censors. <laughs> no, for sure. But that's really funny. Uh, oh, so it's up to the, it's up to Patty and Tony. They because uh, like yeah they get the uh, the apocalypse code, Armageddon code from DJ Catrona. Um, yeah. Oh, speaking of Skyfall though, back in the lobby before the bad guys come. Yeah, in the lobby of OSS, there's all of these retired vehicles from the franchise's past. Like you get the helicopter. And then you get the iconic uh, boat, gup, guppy boat plane oh, hi- yeah. hybrid thing. And right. they really linger on it. And I'm like, well, that thing's coming back. And so sure enough, that's what they use to chase the uh, the monsters with that when they steal the yeah. code. Right. Um, yeah. Then do they follow them to the hideout? Do they get to the hideout at that point? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't either. Yeah. Well, well, there's um, yeah, okay. So I don't remember exactly, but I I remember that like um, Zachary Levi and Gina Rodriguez are are captured yes. by them, and they're in a prison cell. And so after the sword fight, they do a little switcheroo. Yes, and Billy Magnuson pretends to be Gina Rodriguez using his AR technology because we find out that his base is basically just like a brick house. Oh, uh, but like it's this crazy, elaborate, like maze of of like um of of like stone architecture, but it's all like AR. Yes. Um, and uh, uh, and yeah, so he uses the AR technology to pretend to be Gina Rodriguez and gets Zachary Levi to reveal how he figured out the code or or how how the fact that um that Tony is the one that figured out the code and that's why. Uh, he was like hiding all of the, the withholding all of like the technology from them and everything. Absolutely. And then, yeah. And then she, he turns back into Billy Magnuson and he's like, ah, now I know that, uh, I need to be talking to your son and not you idiot. Yeah. And then <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> yeah. And then waits for them to show up. And then we meet up with them because they go into the, um, uh, that they, they get their spy suits. Yes. That already happened. That's right. Yeah. Um, they get their spy suits uh, in like the the spy suit matic <laughs> that they get into, yeah. Um, but um, 
uh, yeah. So then they then we meet back up to like what the cold open was. Right. Um, and and it's so funny because there's this bit where they in the cold open they run into this elevator and they just narrowly miss like a monster coming after them. And then uh, and uh, uh, Tony turns to Patty and is like, you know, I think you were right. And she was like, about what? He was like, I don't think we're going to get out of this. And then the floor drops under them yeah. and they fall. And you're like, oh, and then it's like Spy, Spy kids. kids, Armageddon, and then it's one day earlier, and you're like, oh, okay. okay yeah. And then and then <laughs> when you get to this point, he's like, I don't think we're going to make it out of here. And then it, the floor drops out, and they fall three feet <laughs> to like to like a mat, and they get up, and he's like, oh, hey, look, there's the computer we need. And I was like, what the fuck? Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> oh, uh, this is so funny. Thank you so much for bringing up AR, because this movie leans heavy into the AR. Um, yeah, like I think at this point we learned that the the cool video game bad guys are actually just like really boring looking robots. That, yes, that like their 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 coat, their skin is mm-hmm. like all they are. That if you like wave your hand, right. it's actually not an Aztec warrior or the heck. Not. Right. Which is so funny that they're using the t- term AR. There's a moment where like when the spy kids like first show up at his base and realized like, Oh, with our glasses, we can see what the building really looks like. And we can see through all of this AR. And I'm like, that is literally the opposite of how AR <laughs> that you put on the glasses to see the, AR. you put on the glasses to see the AR. If you take off the glasses and see it, it's not AR. It's like holograms, which is a totally different that's like, thing. That's like Mysterio Spider-Man far from home level. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's like holograms and projection. That's not AR. That's not what that is. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um, and then kind of on the way to the base, we get a lot more of Penny's conflict is they find the book, How to Be a Spy, from the old movies. And Tony's like, this is fucking awesome. It's how to cheat and scamp and steal. <laughs> yeah. And Patty's like, well, I don't even want to be a spy if it means lying. Like, because lying's bad, so I don't want to be a spy. Spies lie. And there was some cool like interplay between the two of them, I thought. Of like, mm-hmm. at one point, I'm going to butcher the line, but he was like, we have to find mom and dad. Like, well, they're probably out spying, being spies. <laughs> yeah. And um, so they do that. They get to the, they, they reunite with the parents. And we get that moment where the, the, the you were talking about where the kids are like, you keep talking about Operation Fireball. What was Operation Fireball? And they're like, oh, it was the coolest, sexiest mission we ever had. Uh, we broke into this. uh like paint factory outside of Austin. (laughs) And we beat up like five guys inside of the paint warehouse. And then we danced outside of the warehouse. And I'm like, I kept picturing while it blew up behind us, blew up in after effects. And yeah, then we made out. It was the (laughs) most, the movie felt like really low budget to me. Yes. Very much so. Because I kept thinking about that sexy as hell, stylish intro from the first movie where they went to a, a church or whatever, or a hotel. Here's the general issue with these, the Spy Kids movies, like, since the third one. Yeah. Is that, and, and I guess you can, like, loop the the second and third one into this as well, but, like, I don't know. It's like, anyway. the the There's this problem where Robert Rodriguez's imagination, or, like, him and, and, and his son's imagination, uh, is that, like, oh, we want to have this, like, great big thing and we'll just do it however we can with the budget that we get. Yeah. Instead of this is the budget we have, we should write to this budget. For sure. And then we could do a cool thing and it won't look cheap because we 
aren't trying to bite off more than we can chew. We're, you know, coloring within the lines. They never color within the lines, and it's why these movies occasionally look so cheap. Mm -hmm. It's why the fourth one looks so cheap. Because, like, yeah, their ethos in the beginning is we can tell the biggest, craziest, epic stories we can, our imaginations can come up with, and we will do our, even if it's just, like, making, even if the the the, the monkey lizard looks fake as hell, it's going to look the way we want it to, and it's going to exist. Yeah, right. Uh, We're going to do exactly what our, our first instinct was on everything, and no matter what. <laughs> and I think another thing I really miss from the first two movies are just sets. Yeah. Like, yeah, they just they fall back on green screen for a lot of this. Yeah. And it's, at least it looks better than normally. Well, does. I was going to say. So we get kind of uh, even though I knew this was going in from the trailer. Yeah. When the bad guy gets away, when Billy Magnuson gets away and they're like, yeah. well, we're fucked. And we find out that he is AR. Oh, yeah. This whole time. For sure. That he's been AR because he is in the game controlling everything from inside the game. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then I just want to bring up a point you had, though, before we get into Act 3. In the jail cell, you brought up how uh, Zachary Levi was like, oh, my son, you know, Tony thought that he was playing a game, but he was actually cracking the Armageddon code and... Because I didn't tell him the truth, he didn't know how important it was. He just thought it was a game. and But he was even better than me. And I think this is where a lot of your messiness notes comes in. Right, clumsy. Clumsy yeah. of like, what does this have to do with honesty and right. tech restrictions? Right. Like, you're saying a lot right. of stuff, but I'm not still even sure what the Armageddon code is or why it was made. Right. Yes. Is it an AI? Is it like, I don't know. Is it like the heart and heart of stone starring Gal Gadot? I mean, it seemed based on like how he was using it. It seemed like it was taking control of like everything. Yeah. Like it just seemed like it was like, 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 you know, just you're in control of every aspect of everyone's life. Like the entity in Mission Impossible. Right, right. right. Um, But, but, but it's not AI because Billy Magnuson was controlling. It's a code. It doesn't he have its making own. Got choices. It, got it, got it. You know? It's, got yeah. It. it makes sense. As much as it can. Yeah. Um, yeah right. But so right. then, again, I knew this in the trailer, but still, when they're like, oh, Billy Magnuson, he's actually there. How are we going to defeat him? We're going to have to go in the game. Mm-hmm. I got hyped. They yeah. earned that. Yeah, they did. Um, and so, yeah, like Spike Kids 3, they go into the game. And I got to admit, it they really leveled up on the graphics. They did. Yeah. It, no, absolutely. It looks like, cool. Everything has, everything has texture. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like there was a moment where it's like, you know, I was looking at um, uh, the heck knight. Yeah. Right? And he was, you know, he's wearing armor, but the armor is like dull and has like a has like a like a texture to yeah. it. It's like metal, but it's like kind of like, um, like a faded metal. Uh, yeah. Like a faded, like scuffed up kind of metal. Yeah. Right. And then later they're being chased by the robots. We get the robot reveal, the AR robot, mm-hmm. AR robots. Right. And you see that they're they're like more chrome looking mm-hmm. and they're like shiny. Um, and I'm like, just that little thing right, yeah. of like, oh, there's two different kinds of metal. Like and they look like they're supposed to like one reflects light and one doesn't. One refracts light, one reflects. Light. Like It's like, oh, yeah, OK, like that's better than what it was before. Yeah, We've come um, a long way since like the math blaster, you know, yeah. reboot graphics. Um, right, right, right. We're like all the original Spy Kids graphics were like. Uh, I'm going to draw something and I'm going to put it into a thing that's going to make it 
into a 3D uh, model, like computer generated 3D thing. Yeah. In the most simplest of terms, and then I'm going to hire a kid to color it in in uh, MS Paint. And then you know it's in the movie. <laughs> yeah, and then it's in the movie like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was just I was into everyone's costumes. Um, yeah. Oh, there's a cool like setup payoff moment that I noticed. Like at the so at the very beginning when they're when they sneak out. Oh, I really like the squeaky floor set piece. When they're sneaking from their rooms into the game room after the parents are oh, asleep and they have to yeah. avoid the squeaky floors and like she yeah. she drew a map of where the squeaks are. Yeah. I'm like, this is sick. This is like what being a kid was like. Yeah. No, and that's really good. And but it's a thing where it's like, oh yeah, like they're already spies. Right. Like for sure. But 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 again, the clumsiness of it is like, but that doesn't what does that have to do? No, with? Like, for sure, you, absolutely. You didn't bring it. You didn't bring that full circle in any yeah, way. It didn't come you were up. just like, yeah, because when they're... Like, the most it came up was like when he was trying to avoid the giant like fly swatters. That's a good point. in the training thing, but it never came up like in their spy stuff, and it didn't come up that like, oh yeah, you guys. It turns out like we, you've been training to be spies this whole time. Totally. You know, like, there isn't even that. Nothing like yeah. that happens. Um, like it's. Yeah. <laughs> But what there is that I kind of appreciate it. It's not that it's, it's it's much smaller than what we've been talking about. But uh, they're picking their players, their ga- their characters, and uh, Patty picks Flavella or Florella or whatever. And he's like, "Why are you picking Florella? Florella sucks." And she's like, "No, a lot of people think that, but she actually gets stronger as you play her throughout the game." And then later, <laughs> when she is Florella, she like does a cool power up, and like has a cool like Gundam armor. And it's like, oh, it's because like a lot, you know, I'm like, oh, that's cool how that came back. Cause like, yeah, that is good. Cause that wasn't even in four, you know? Yeah. That level. Yeah, that's true. A to B. It also, the other setup payoff thing that I did like too, was that in the beginning, um, she's like, you know, somebody was like, um, you know, in the, in the beginning when he's like in that tournament to win the thing, um, Somebody mentions like, oh, I heard this legend of like this one punch move. Oh, yeah. The one. And hit. he was like, that's not, and yeah, the one hit move. And she, he's like, no, that's not real. That's a myth. And and Patty is like, no, it is real. Like, I've used it before. And he was like, no, you're lying. That's not real. And he's she's like, I don't lie. Like, I literally <laughs> never lie. It's my whole thing. Yeah. Um, and he was like, well, it's not real. It's not true. That that isn't a thing. And then at the end of the movie, when he like does the honest thing mm-hmm. and like, you know, honestly beats Billy Magnuson without any of his like tricks, tricks, tricks and cheats, tricks and tre- cheats. He gets the power of the, of the one hit and then realizes, Oh, the reason I never got it and didn't think it was real was because I was always using my tricks and cheats and she never did. Yeah. So that's how she always got it. That's awesome. Yeah, no, totally. Cause like that's, yeah, it's cool. It's good because there's yeah. a, there's a moment yeah. where he's fighting Billy Magnuson. They're having like a fantasy sword fight, and Zachary yeah. Levi sees that uh, uh, Tony is struggling. And he's like, "I got to cheat. I got to cheat for my boy." And yeah. he's, he uses rocket punch, and then uh, Tony takes the rocket punch hit because he's like, "No," because he's like, "No, you can't touch him." Because if you touch him. Then it, this isn't legit. It has to be a one-on-one thing. I have to do the yeah. Patty's way. I have to fight honestly. And right. I was like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, there, there's, there's an attempt made here at some kind of character arc through line. Because even like the fact that it was Zachary Levi who compromised because he's kind of been cutting corners this whole time. 
or like because right. there's also this other go back to messiness there's another subplot right. where he wants to use the armageddon code but gina rodriguez doesn't trust the armageddon code and thinks we should destroy it right um right so billy magnuson sees that his he created a game that promotes decency right and that kind of going back to Ju- and, Juni and floop kind of but, like, oh, I inspired. But okay, please, please. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? He created a game that inspires decency. That's not honesty. That's not honesty. That's not. Yeah. That's not not lying. I mean, it's it, it it it's included in decency. But if you're telling it, the whole movie is about like not lying and being honest, and then at the end you're like, it was about decency, and you're like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> right? It could it could you, it needed to be either be about honesty the whole time or decency the whole time. You can't just lump honesty in decency and call that a right. Theme. It should have been like a cheat code is presented to him. But he doesn't use it, Tony, or right. you know, kind of like a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory kind of thing of like, oh, because he's honest, that was really the test the whole time, right? And that's how he he beats the the game or wins the game, right? Right. Um, yeah. And then, but that's not what happens. He's like, oh, you're a good person. Uh, maybe I can be a good person too. And then, OSS comes to arrest him, Billy Magnuson. And they're like, what are you going to do with him? Like, oh, we're going to throw him in a jail cell. Like, what do you think? And <laughs> and they're like, wait, that's dumb. If you just lock him away and he's not doing anything for society, it's just a waste. And he's not learning anything. Let's. And also, like, look at everything that he did. Think about the things that he could do. Yeah. Think about what he could do for society. Let's actually think about a way to make this guy grow yeah. and become a better person. So they trap him in his own game because we've proven that the game works on some kind of value system to where right. you can't beat the game without becoming a better person. Right. And it was just kind of this unexpected, like, Oh, like spy kids are saying fuck prisons. And like, yeah, I was, I was like, this is kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it works. And he, yeah, he becomes, he, he becomes the jester, which is a callback to like a sick burn yeah, what, that Tony has yeah, sick burn. Yeah. You're more like yeah. the court jester. And he's, he's like, like boo. boo. And then and then that's what he calls himself. He's like, all right, I, um, I see you, kid. <laughs> yeah. Tony Torres or whatever. Um Yeah. Uh I was really disappointed that there's a moment where the parents are like, you know what? We don't like the OSS. We're gonna go rogue. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then Devlin was like, but we're going to change and be better. And like, well, in that case, I'm like, oh, no, like go rogue. I want to see what that's like. Yeah. And then they bring in they bring in the kids into the OSS and but they don't like. Yeah, it's not like a spy kids division. No. It's just like they're just like two more spies. <laughs> yeah. In the OSS. No, there is no like yeah. reactivation of the spy kids. Um, no, no. You know, what's something we haven't brought up this whole time, but I did want to bring up with you. Um, hmm. They get. Patty in particular gets a little robot sidekick. Yes. Can't even remember his name. Um, uh it's something like Bernard or Yeah. Um But I think again, yeah. pure speculation. I have nothing to back this up with. But I have a theory that when he was talking to his kids, a note that they had was like, Dad, the robot shouldn't talk. Yeah. Because I was very grateful when the robot didn't have like Ricky Gervais or, you know, James Corden's voice. Right. <laughs> yeah. Some, God forbid. Some mute little robot. Um, yeah. Kind of like the like in the first one. Yeah. Right? The little or... uh, little little creepy crawly dude. 
Yeah, the spider guy. And now it's a crab, right? It was a crab? Yeah, it was like a little robot crab. Yeah, a little robot crab. So, yeah, I was not planning on getting this in-depth with Spy Kids Armageddon. But it was, like, it was solid, you know? Like, I mean, it does the thing that annoys me about about kids' movies, um, which is that, like, it's not... It's not trying to elevate itself yeah. because it has the opinion of like, well, that's for kids. It's a Spy Kids movie. Yeah, like eh, whatever. Like you know, ah, eh, you don't need all that. You don't. You don't need a theme or any of that. And I and when I think about the the movies that like really stuck with me as a kid, it was all ones that had like a really strong theme and like you know hold up in a variety of ways to this day. Sure. Um. Uh, you know, like Mrs. Doubtfire, mm-hmm. right? Um, those are the movies that like really stuck with me, and movies that were like this, like The Little Rascals. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, they didn't really stick with me. Like, there's lines I remember from The Little Rascals, but it's not like I'm going to be like amped to show my kids The Little Rascals. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, it's finally time. Yeah, yeah. you guys are going to learn who Froggy is. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's not going to, it's not a thing. Yeah. Um, you know what's weird? I had kind of, even watching this one, I realized that as much as I love the Spy Kids movies and, you know, the whole thing behind us talking about them was how they were nostalgic for me. I think I've always yeah. been more of a Desperado, like El Mariachi kid. Oh. Where like, because those were rated R and they had like gunfights and blood and like. Yeah, violence and the Spike Kids movies are always really fun. But like, if that guy were to ever come back, you know, like mm-hmm. if you were to ever, you know what? I've been making a lot of kids movies. I'm gonna make like another R-rated John Woo kind of gunfight movie. I would be yeah over the moon. But would he be able to make a fourth Desperado film? I don't know if it's the same kind of copyright situation. Like, I don't know if like oh, I don't know if like he owns El Mariachi the way that he owns Machete or the Spike Kids. Well, I mean, regardless of that, would he be able to story-wise? Oh. Like, does anything happen in Once Upon a Time in Mexico that uh, precludes him from being able to continue that story in any way? Uh, if I remember correctly, I believe El Mariachi lives at the end of Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh, okay. So, there we go. Um, you, could, you could do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure they would be able to work it out. Because if, if anyone owned it, it would have been Miramax. and Right. That was destroyed. There's a lot of, yeah, right. So, like, I don't know. I'm sure he'd be um, able to figure that out. So, yeah, I don't want to um, hype this one up too much, but maybe just because my expectations were low. But I, yeah. I I found myself, like, impressed and charmed by this more than drained and annoyed. Right, right. I mean, yeah, it is, it is uh, I mean, you know, just miles beyond <laughs> what that fourth <laughs> piece of shit was. Sure. Um, but again, but I cannot emphasize this enough. Like the kids are not as charming. They don't have the, they just, they don't have that spark. Um, you know, they're not as charismatic, right? They're just kind of kid actors. They're fine. They're not annoying, but they're just fine. They're whatever. Um, I, I, I wish, I really wish he could have like taken the time to, cause like, I remember you telling me when they were doing the first by kids, like he, they like cast those kids for like a year. That's right. Remember? Yeah, it was a long search. Like he really fucking went for it. He was like, "No, I'm going to find the perfect kids." And it just seems like he's kind of just like settling for whatever kids that he meets in an audition. That he's like, "Ah, they seem cool." That kid's wearing a Bakugan shirt. Yeah. Um. um yeah. Uh, so. Scott, you mentioned now that we're at the end. Uh, you wanted to get into the future. 
the possible futures yeah. that the series could go, directions that this place could could go. Um, depending on like how this goes, like I don't know what Netflix is looking for this <laughs> sure. from, from this. What they or from what this. what would merit calling this a success to them? Right to like make a sequel to it. Um, but assuming that um they don't make a sequel to this family story, Got right? It. And yeah. they just are like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna bring Spy Kids back again in like <laughs> twenty five five seven years, whatever. We're gonna do another Spy Kids movie. We're gonna reboot it again. Mm. Um, new family, new kids. Uh, we're gonna cast great kids this time, right? So the thing that I really missed in this one, uh-huh. and I and 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 it's a and it's a it's a problem with all of the Spy Kids, I would say, except for like that sequence at the beginning of two. Um, in general, it's two kids and a lot of adults. Um, Mostly adults, yeah. right? And so my pitch for a spy kids movie is that you have parents that are spies. Kids do or don't know about it. Maybe they do. I think it'll probably be simpler if they do, but they have no intention of becoming spies themselves. Think it's lame. You know, whatever. Yeah, they think it's lame. Nobody likes spies. Spies are lame. <laughs> you know, James Bond sucks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's broken, whatever. It's a broken system. They don't, yeah, yeah. Just, Tom Tom Cruise is in a cult. Mission Impossible blows. Just, like whatever, they're, whatever. They're, whatever these kids. They're think, very. You know? uh, they're very the little girl from Barbie about spies. Yeah. Right. Um, and and uh, uh, so the so uh, uh, what my pitch is that that's the setup, uh-huh. and then the parents something something happens where. There is like a a uh, I'm going to call it a terrorist attack, but like this is a spy. Kids I know, movie, yeah, so yeah, like, some, you know, some bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's like a terrorist attack uh, where um, somebody like there's like some product going around or something because that's very spy kids, mm-hmm. whatever, and it lets out this gas thing, right there, whatever that affects all of the adults in the world. And makes them all act like children. And they're all, they, they, they don't remember being adults. Ooh. They're all acting like kids. They're all goofy. But before that, they're like hyper-competent spies. Got it. Like James Bond, Mission Impossible, whole nine yards thing Like of like, no, we're like really super confident competent spies. Like we're really, really good at that, this. And then they lose all of it after this attack and what you find out is that the villain is a kid Ooh. who wants to take over the world, but knows that the only way they can do that is to get the adults out of the way. Yeah, like the grownups suck. They're always getting in the yeah. way. Right. You know, look at Congress. Look at, yeah. The, look at Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so they have to become spies and also teach their parents how to be spies again. Oh. While acting like children. Ooh, that's cool. That's why they should know. That's why they should already know. Yeah, because totally, they already kind of know all the the, the basic stuff. Because yeah, because they like force them to like learn all of this stuff in case anything like this happened. Yeah, and so they have to like train their parents how to be spies, and then they all go out and stop try to stop. This that's kid. cool. That's almost kind of a way of getting of doing your spy kids, and also like a Freaky Friday riff. Where totally because totally you can start and the kid the parents are like you guys are driving me crazy you're so unpredictable and spoiled and fucking I hate and now they have to parent like oh my god mom you're driving me up the wall blah 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 absolutely yes and it does that 
it does the thing. It, it it makes it so that like they are competent spies. Yeah, they are not. The OSS is not run by a bunch of fucking goofballs. <laughs> yeah. but because of the plot of the movie, right. it is run by a bunch of goofballs. Um, and you get all of that like goofy, over the top spy kids wackiness. And and slapstickiness, yeah, but it's right? kind of justified that, that Rodriguez likes. But it's all based on the plot. It's not based in an unrealistic expectation of how adults operate at their job, just to make the kids seem smarter. You right. know what I mean? You're kind of suggesting a Spy Kids movie where it doesn't exist, like in the weird kind of dream logic world that a lot of his family movies do, where like right. only the first one kind of seems like it takes place in our world. Totally, totally. Um. But yeah, that was that's my pitch is like a kid villain, which we've never had before, despite the fact that this is called Spy Kids. We've never had like a kid. And I want this kid to be like um, Like, to be like Spectre. Like, Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like Artemis Fowl or like (laughs) yeah, get one of the kids from Moonrise Kingdom or no, no, no. The atomic atomic city. Asteroid City. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Like I I want this kid like a little blow. I just want this kid to. Totally. A little Blofeld. Absolutely. Like, I want this kid to be like, maybe he, his dad was a spy or, or like his parents were spies too, but he's also just like, you guys don't accomplish anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing this. He's so jaded Um, by like what's coming for his generation that he's like, God, he's fucking grownups, man. Yeah. 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 Totally. And the spy kids are like, look, yeah, they suck, but like, we need them. They can drive. And like, <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. See, that's so fun. Anyway, that's my that's my spy kids pitch because like I I just like I understand what makes a spy kids movie, but I don't think you need to do it in a way that's lazy. You can find more interesting ways to like make the the like true definition of what a spy kids movie is. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um without like compromising the integrity of like the world and all of the adults in your series. Right. Like selling out, you can still make a weird spy kids movie, but that maybe has like the polish of like a, you know, like an Ardman family movie or like a Lord Miller family movie. Yeah. Or yeah. And maybe the kid is uh, like an influencer, like a, like a kid influencer. Oh, that'd be cool. If he is like already has like a fan base. Yeah, so like, right, and that's how that's that's his like specter is like. Oh my god, it's all the kids. the fan base that his, he that he made his fandom. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so crazy. He, yeah, and it's and it's it's also an excuse to have like a shitload of kids in your spy kids movie. And some kids are like, I like this new world. I want there to be grown ups. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. See, yeah, no, it's awesome. That's a great spy kids movie. I don't know. Yeah, because anyway. it's fun. I mean, go, I mean, there's something kind of funny about kids kind of acting taking something very seriously and yeah you know like a kid kind of taking it like if it was shot kind of like a like a bond movie like a like a one a thousand percent we've said that since the last between us for sure that's what they should have done with the reboot of the spy kids franchise was like shoot it for real like shoot it in cinema scope you know like like go for it um make it make it like a big deal look like a real thing but it's like you know ultimately it's a it's a loving parody of those things yeah because i think that's kind of the fun of the first movie is you're almost a little scared for carmen and juni because you're like they should not be dealing with this like these are kids but right right when it's like a a a cereal a milk a cereal monster 
with like yeah. milk shooting. You know, you're like, okay, well, yeah, I, this is a spy kids. I mean, to to be fair, it was like thumb guys in the first one. Absolutely, so, you know, very true, very true. <laughs> it's a thin line. Yeah, it's a thin line. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, and and the best part about that is that you can. If it's a full reboot, it doesn't need to have a subtitle. You can just call it like Spy Kids, uh, you know, 2027 or whatever yeah, the fuck. Yeah. But, but the title is now a double meaning because it's Spy Kids because they're kids being spies, but also the spies are acting like kids. Oh, that's great. Yeah, double meaning. Boom. Yeah, Spy Kids. Love it. Yeah. Because anyway. it kind of, it also fixed your problem of having, you know, the, the, the parents usually don't really have that much fun stuff to do in these movies. Right. Totally. And now you're like giving them something really interesting to do that like whoever you hire, you'd probably be able to uh, uh, bring in like a bigger, some bigger names like you did on that first one yeah. with Antonio Banderas. Um, like Pie in the Sky, you, like Daniel Craig. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, hey, but, <laughs> sure. but you get to act like a shitty little like 13 year old and like yeah. really play, yeah. you know, really playing some broad comedy. Right, right. Um, yeah. Man. Anyway, yeah. So it's cool. I mean, like, it's it's kind of this conflicting thing where I would, God, like, I get so amped talking about this, like, bold, new, what if, like, a completely different, you know, a take on the Spy Kids movies, but then also kind of appreciate the weird family restaurant vibe the series has. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like, it'll be interesting to see what, what comes after this. And even, like, now, like where the kids are going to go. Like, is one of them going to direct a feature in the future or, right. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, um yeah, I just, uh, I, w- I, I feel like there's so much opportunity in the spy kids franchise for doing something really different. And it just feels like the Rodriguez family is like not interested in like switching up the formula at all. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm worried that like, you know, the franchise is going to just like fall to the wayside, despite the fact that it has value. Sure. Yeah. It's going to fall to the wayside because they're not willing to like update it in any way. Right. Kind of like going back to the bear of like, no, I mean, why yeah. switch it up too much? You know, the kids don't know. Mm-hmm. They get chased. There's a boat chase. They have a hideout. Yeah. They save the parents. Same old, same, same old, same old. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, Spy uh, Kids Armageddon. Is this our longest Spy Kids episode? I don't know. Maybe. Could be. Uh, so if anything, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy this warranted this much conversation and it wasn't just us like bitching for an hour, you know? Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Um, yeah. I can't emphasize this enough. Uh, this was way better. This was this was better than the bubble. Yeah. Boom. Better than the bubble. So yeah, it's it's better. It's certainly better than Spy Kids 4, but it's even better than the bubble. Um, which was like the second worst, worst thing we've ever watched. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I, I'd have to look and see it. Like it's. I think it's better than X Men Origins, Wolverine. I think this is better than Men in Black International. Sure. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I think it probably is. Yeah. Because Men, but but it it, it has because this is in a similar place as Men in Black International. In that, like you're looking at it and you're like, oh, this had so much potential. Yeah, for like, sure, for sure. You're just you're just whiffing on the potential uh. of this, as opposed to like the bubble and Spy Kids Four, where you're like, I'm going to gouge out my <laughs> eyes so I don't have to keep watching this. Yeah, like how you know, I cannot believe I've only been sitting here for half an hour. <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. 
<laughs> you're instead you're like frustrated because you're like, oh, this could be better, right? For you sure, know? for sure, yeah. And and that's a totally different vibe, yeah. and feeling. So, so yeah. This, yeah, this is truly a bonus episode. Uh, hope, yes. hopefully you guys enjoy it. Yeah, we we uh, we didn't want to mess with the schedule, so this is coming out early. You're actually getting a real bonus episode. It's not taking the place of Friday's episode, uh, which will still be. Uh, 1999's The Mummy, um, the start of our uh, our listener chosen Mummy uh, franchise yeah. uh, miniseries. So, so that's a fun episode. Looking forward to you guys hearing that. Yeah, that comes out on Friday. Uh, enjoy the next miniseries, and uh, and then you know you'll find out what we're doing on the other side of that in that between episode. So um, you know, and it's a short miniseries; it's only like four four weeks. Uh, I guess five with the between episode, but yeah, right, right. So, right. Anyway, um, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, uh, also much like the Mummy miniseries, uh, we are only doing this. We only did this bonus episode because you all demanded it, right? <laughs> Very vocally on Discord, you wanted this to happen. Um, no, 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 because of the because they chose Spy Kids. Oh, that's right, they chose Spy Kids. They chose Spy Kids two years ago and that led us directly to having to do this bonus feature so i hope you're all happy um and <laughs> it's your fault uh if yeah if you if you voted for the spy kids miniseries and you did not listen to this episode um you'll never know because you're you didn't listen to it but i'm very cross with you just so you scott know. is cross with um, you i'm very cross um anyway uh all right we'll talk to you guys in a few days with the money bye everybody bye hasta luego yeah.